get my cock up here. Get your cock out. Yeah. You know, there's one thing I could say about having to watch WrestleMania 9. It's much better with a 65-inch cock. WrestleMania 9. Yes. First of all, it took us 21 months to get here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and episodes 59 and 60. Right. Of this podcast. 60, 60 episodes, 21 months. Probably going to be 22 when it's all over. Mm-hmm. To, to get through a year of watching syndicated professional wrestling. That's That's right. But here we are. We go deep dive, man. We go in depth with this. We spare no expense. I think if we are providing a service to anybody, it's those poor motherfuckers who got their ass kicked every week and yes, almost barely ever got a lower third. Yeah, we need to. Uh, we need to come up with some kind of like in memoriam of them, <laughs> even though they may not be dead. Many yeah. of them are, but not not all of them are. No. So in in remembrance, in memoriam. Requiem, requiem for a red tight. Requiem for a red tight. There it is. Ode to a red tight. I like it. So yes, I am Dom. I am Than, and we we've made it. This is a full calendar year of watching superstars, and this is the this is the payoff for all that work. (laughs) WrestleMania (laughs) fucking nine. (laughs) Easy to get. It's WrestleMania nine. We finally made it to Las Vegas, Dom. We are at the largest toga party in the world because apparently greece and athens never had toga <laughs> parties they they just had parties back in the day <laughs> in the modern world yes i guess in the world at that time yes before i watched this i was trying to look up like some just websites to see if i could find like different you know maybe some background stories or something interesting that we could discuss besides just the general matches on here. Right. Like if I would just type in WrestleMania nine would come up with, you know, you'd get the, the list of Google things after that. And it would always be like worst WrestleMania ever. It, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why, why is it? Or how did it become or things like that? <laughs> what, was, what went wrong? To what create? went wrong? Yeah. Basically it was all that. So um, that, that did not set my expectations very high. Here's my thoughts about why WrestleMania 9 is WrestleMania 9. Okay. Because it's not a fully committed idea yet. Like Vince is still trying to hold on to WrestleMania 1 through 8 success. Basically peaked at 3, mm-hmm. 4, right? Sure. But he's not ready to switch the slight switch off on that and go with the new generation idea, which wasn't all that great either. The new yeah. generation was kind of like more the same, but with less over people. It had new people, but they weren't necessarily new. They just right. weren't the, the wrestlers that you had heard of at that time. And they weren't really drawing, unfortunately. No, and the people who did draw, the new generation guys that did make an impact, 
left. They're called the NWO. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they did. So we just have to sit through the slog. Yeah. WrestleMania 8 to 9 is just throwing shit against a wall. Mm-hmm. Hoping any of it will stick. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking it won't. And then trying to go back to what did. Yeah. And uh, here we are. We get WrestleMania yeah. 9. From Caesar's Palace. One thing I noticed about it that's positive. I think it's the best graphics package up until this point. I'm seeing like real computer generated artwork and things. This is the time of Jurassic Park. So I'm not, I don't know why I'm surprised I'm seeing, you know, graphic titles, uh, yeah. but it looks good. The set yeah. of WrestleMania 9 is interesting. Yeah, they they went as Caesar as possible with this, you know, with the, the columns and lots of Greece and Athens related items going on all around the ring, including attire of literally everybody Yes, <laughs> not just the commentators, but every person by the ring. I noticed about halfway through the first match had to have some kind of toga on the guy holding the cable, the yeah. cameraman, the photographers, anybody that was right there had to wear a toga. That's the part that stuck out to me. I'm like, God, even the camera guy is in like centurion guard. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. well, of course, because. If you got everybody else around there working this event in a toga and you have some dude in his Michael Myers jumpsuit with the camera, he's going to look weird. So he actually became invisible because I've seen WrestleMania 9, I don't know, a couple of times recently, but I've never noticed a cameraman ever. And I would have noticed them if they were not in togas. That's true. They are ridiculously dressed to be camouflaged. Grill Monsoon's got like Toga Supreme. Out of all of the togas that we were going to see today would be the one that I would actually maybe wear. It's a very stylish black and green toga with some gold trim. And he's the first person that we see on the screen there. And he is saddled by two red tights that pick the right time to be there. And Gorilla does our main introductions, at least for this first part, that's pretty much the only time we see him. I'm so used to Gorilla being the main commentator, but he kicks it over to our brand new member of the broadcast team at this point, Jim Ross. He looks so adorable. He does. (laughs) There were so many things that I noticed about Jim on this, knowing what we know about Jim now. Number one, he has to wear a freaking toga on his first ever commentary for WWF, which I thought was funny. His delivery is way higher pitched than he is at this point. And even from what I remember of his Raw days. Yeah. Well, this is roughly, what, 34,000 cartons of cigarettes less than modern Jimmy. Yeah, Yeah, lots Um, of barbecue sauce less. Also, he didn't have to relearn to speak because this is pre-Bell's Palsy. Yeah. You know, the double hits. Is this any less ridiculous than the cowboy hat? No. (laughs) No, Yeah, I know. Though we do get the mention that he is from Oklahoma about 7,000 times. That was like Vince's way of saying, hey, this dude has an accent. We usually don't have these Southern draw guys on here. Let's just keep on bringing up that. The reason he sounds a little different than the New Yorkers yeah. is, is he's from the South. Yeah, they do really hit on that a lot. Uh, yeah, especially the brain. I don't know if that was something that Vince told just just keep making fun of his accent and the fact that he's from Oklahoma. So people get it. What's up with the microphone? Like, it's- Oh, the, the giant 
pillar cock? Yeah, it's the humongous. Yeah. It's like on Blue Chew. Yeah, this thing was, it looked very awkward to hold. It was not your, your typical, you know, small handle on that. That's like her, you know, the ladies love it. It's probably two feet of yeah. microphone handle. With a yeah. really, really tiny WrestleMania logo box. Yeah. And I noticed I'm just kind of a little bit behind you here because I have Gorilla on the screen right now. His does have the pillar, but it's not as big as Ross's. Gorilla's is completely tiny and wireless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jim Ross's is Jim tiny. Ross is looking like he's holding a torch. I think Jim <laughs> Ross is passing Gorilla in the hallway and was pointing at his microphone, like giving him a yeah. little wink. Yeah. It's like, that's right. That's what I got under my toga, Gorilla. They gave me the big one. Yeah, Jim's kind of making it a point that he's not too happy to be in a toga. Everybody's talking about how they're dressed up in a toga. They got all the Caesars Palace staff all centurioned up. Yes, we got all the centurions. Jim is making comments on their their ripped abs, even though that's just the breastplate that they're wearing. That's not real. Do you think Vince was a little disappointed? That exactly zero people showed up in this arena in a toga. Mm. Like the entire crowd is just in t-shirts and, and yeah. Hawaiian shirts. Like, it's going to be the world's greatest toga party. And he's expecting the crowd to be all in sheets and stuff. And they're just there to drink the beer, man. They'll, they'll come to the toga party. They're not, they're not dressing in togas. They will drink the beer that, that comes with a toga party. But they're not going to be dressing up anytime soon. They're going to go hit the slots. We're from the area, so we know very well that WrestleMania 4 and 5 were hosted by Trump Plaza, but held mm -hmm. at Boardwalk Hall, which yes. was the convention center at the time. So it was actually, you know, an arena, nothing too humongous, mm -hmm. but it was an actual arena. This is built outside of their parking lot. I mean, where where the fuck are we at Caesar's yeah, Palace? I believe it is in their parking lot. When I was doing my little bit of research, I saw a couple of short videos on them constructing this whole thing. So yeah, it's literally just out in the parking lot of Caesar's Palace where they put up these stands that hold, I think it said they hold 14,000 people. That was going to be my guess because it simultaneously looks big and small at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like it looks like yeah. a huge crowd, but also looks like a small area. So at times it looks like an arena crowd. Then also at times it looks like a really small outdoor venue crowd. And I couldn't get a good read, but I'm saying it's probably the size of maybe like half a spectrum. Yeah, it's not a it's not a full size like indoor arena like what we would know like a Wells Fargo to be where we're from here. Yeah, but they that's I think. In the video that I saw, they said they could hold 14,000. Then I'm assuming there's maybe another room for like another 2,000 or so on the ground because Jim does say here that they have about 16,000 fans there. I know they'd usually like to pump the numbers a little bit, but I can believe that if some of them are on the ground. When we used to go, a sellout was a lot different, right? If you went to the Spectrum or even if you went to the Wells Fargo Center pre Tron, you could sell all the seats. Now mm -hmm. the Tron's like Disney on ice, it takes up. 30% of the seats, the seating area that's just completely blocked off. So when you go to a Wells Fargo or an arena show, it may only be 15 to 20,000 people can actually fit in a place that usually holds 30. So, yeah. I, you, and they call it a sellout from there. And, but really it's not yeah. unless there's people sitting behind the Tron, which they wouldn't see anything. So this is probably a medium sized arena showing outside. So when we see like a modern day SummerSlam outside, that's not what we're mm -hmm. looking at. We're kind of looking like 
a role that they held without a roof. But uh, I like the look. I like the different look. I liked it when uh, WCW was at that hotel in Panama City. Uh, yeah. They're doing it at the pool where they had the event at the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom or the Mall yeah. of America. I, I kind of, or even that, the, what was the restaurant the, that became the world? The WWF New York. Oh, the W, yeah. Where yeah. You're in that, like a Planet Hollywood and there's a wrestling match. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's a wrestling match in the middle of it. I'm looking forward to like going, because all the wrestling that I've seen has been indoors. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing it in an outdoor venue for WrestleMania 40. Yeah, it's true. That'll be a lot of fun. I think the things that look like coliseums are just scrims. Like they're just like backdrop. I don't even know if they're solid. It might just be... Mm -hmm. like uh painted brick. yeah some type of cloth yeah it doesn't look like it has any dimension at all and you can kind of mm -hmm. see through it when the sun shines in it works it's it's caesary it's got a theme and we not many wrestlemanias had a overlaying theme. i can't think of any wrestlemanias had like an overlaying theme over it uh i think like some of the more recent ones you know if they were in hollywood they would do like at least for the the set they would have like stars or like the, the mm -hmm. film going in and out, little things like that. But nothing, you know, nothing like the, the world's largest toga party, you know, that was that was solely for this one. First out is two gigantic jacked red tights, probably from yeah. the Chippendale show. I was going to say, I wonder if these guys were, were red tights that just came along for the ride or if these were actually Caesars employees because they look for like these type of guys to like be the, the heavy lifters. Hey, get four dudes from Pickles and get them out here in front of this <laughs> elephant. Yeah, so it, they're two by two. So there's four of these guys come out. Cleopatra, the same one yeah. from, well, I know Caesars the same one. Cleopatra yeah. might be different. I wasn't sure. I was going to ask you if it was, if, if I didn't go back to look, but I wasn't sure. Yes. Cleopatra shows up with both Cleo and Patra being very well displayed. <laughs> yes. She is held by the trunk of a fucking elephant. <laughs> She's not that heavy. Yeah. So the elephant's <laughs> carrying Cleopatra in the trunk. This is obviously pre when wildlife started eating the magicians. <laughs> and there's an elephant handler who's disguised as a, uh, just a regular normie Roman. Yeah. And the elephant wants nothing to do with this foam urn that this fan is shoving into its eye. Just kind of like... elephant's going to take him out. I was just waiting for like... The stampede, the elephant killing yeah. tragedy at WrestleMania 9 as Pachyderm kills four. Yes. And this is why I love JR as a commentator mm -hmm. so much because while I'm listening to JR spew out all the history knowledge he knows about how elephants were used mm -hmm. back in the day, I'm just thinking of what, like, if Vince were our commentator for this, it, it would be just look at that. What, look, what a look maneuver. At, look at that. What is that? That's amazing. Look at that. Whereas like JR is over here. Yeah, he's like, elephants were used back in the day to carry water from <laughs> he's like yeah. going through like everything that elephants were used for. That's a working elephant. The elephant's a ham. He's like doing uh, on hind leg moves and goes oh, yeah. back. He's very well trained. Holy boobs. Jesus. <laughs> uh, or Cleo and Petra. Yeah. This is definitely uh, same Caesar from the Royal Rumble. And we have okay. Finkus Maximus. Ah, uh, yes. Finkus Maximus in the ring to present Caesar and Cleopatra for the crowd. They don't say anything this time. Yeah. Last time when they were at the Royal Rumble, there was a decree. Yes. A proclamation uh, but, and, but, and a scroll and shit. 
Yes, but this one, they just kind of walk around the ring and that's pretty much it. They seem like they're really worried about time because we, mm-hmm. as you said, you lost the Kamala match. All on Bigelow aren't on here. Yeah. I'm on the, the videotape. I mean, you can always fix that in post, but it mm-hmm. might have been satellite time. Like you could not go over in satellite. After the rumble, I don't know if Caesar's proclamation went over well with the crowds. They're like, yeah, we'll just drag his ass out and not yeah. do anything. But like here's one thing. If you haven't advertised Bigelow Kamala match, mm-hmm. the crowd who paid for the ticket isn't going to know if it's cut for time if you put it pre-show. You might know if you bought the pay-per-view, hey, where's the Kamala match? But they went mm-hmm. with a dark match of Tito Santana and Papa Shango instead of the actual match that they advertised, which was the Bigelow Kamala match. Yeah why, yeah, why why wasn't that the dark match? And there's nothing anywhere, like I tried to look it up, why that match was cut. And the only thing people are saying is cut for time. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make any sense because they're putting the Tito Shango match on there, which nobody knew about. That wasn't even a thing. So I'm at a loss as far as what happened there. Do you think you they know? thought Tito Shango would... No, it's not even that. Like, you know, you're going to open hot. You're going to open with a Shawn yeah. Michaels title match. Yeah. So, you know, anything you put ahead of that, you're not going to upstate Shawn Michaels with Kamala. No, (laughs) no, not at all. If anything, that would have been a very short match. You got the Ugandan giant and you got a shit ton of animals. That would have been awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Like if anybody should be riding out on the elephant, it should be Kamala. He would have felt right at home. Like he just came in, but he was like all normal because he felt like it was at home. Yeah. <laughs> just really docile. <laughs> docile walking down to the ring. Or maybe like that match happens. We mm-hmm. show. We hit the pay-per-view. Grill Monsoon introduces Jim Ross. Jim Ross is talking. Out comes Cleopatra and the elephant. And Kamala stabs the elephant. <laughs> it's here. Hunts Puts him. it on a spit. Hunts him down as if he was in his natural element. He's got meat for his clan for years. Like, Vince, we can't have Kamala go on as the dark match. He's like, why the fuck not? He's going to kill the elephant. He's been eyeing the elephant backstage. We just can't even let him on. He's sharpening up the spear as we speak. He knows he's not really from Uganda, right? He's living his gimmick at this point, Vince. Yes, he is. The llama comes down. Yes. Leading the way for the virgins. If you can believe that's the most, look. This is uh, two hours where we're going to see people pretend to fight each other. And the most unbelievable <laughs> thing on this show is any of these women are virgins. Yes. The Vestal Virgins with their early 90s hair and lots of war makeup on. Where uh, are they getting the jack dude? The guys who are carrying the Macho Man out. Macho Man's coming out on one of his couches like he, what he did when yeah. he was the Macho King. And the pallbearers yeah. that are dragging his ass out are humongous. They are like straight oh, yeah. from the WBF. Yeah. Vince is probably, you know, eyeing these guys up. It's like, hey, you guys wrestle? Yeah. <laughs> we can use Make you. a star. Yeah. I'm stuck with Brutus Beefcake. Come on. <laughs> Join the Federation. Them. Take a bump. Much is being fed grapes by the virgins. He is. He says the grapes are great and the chicks were cool. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but he had a lot of things that just didn't make sense to them. He's sporting the purple, white, and gold, which I felt was somewhat reserved comparatively to his superstars' outfits. Yeah. And the things that we've seen. This one is actually somewhat tasteful compared to them. He's not in a toga. He's the only toga-free guy. He's in his normal Macho King mm-hmm. kind of outfit, the biker jacket with the frilly things and, uh, and the cowboy yeah. hat. It's all done up in WrestleMania 9 colors. He even has a shield. <laughs> this is MM yeah. on the yeah. back of his outfit. 
but he's not in a toga, which I thought was an interesting choice. They kept him the macho yeah. man, but kind of themed his gear to Caesar's palace. Maybe he thought he was going to have a match. Just in case. I was world champion a year ago (laughs) in the main event. Now I'm commentating with uh, Ross and Atoga. Yeah. He's also, he's got all the Vestal versions around him as he's sitting on his little chair coming out there and he's, he's doing his hands thing. And I'm just like, he's, he's itching. (laughs) He's itching to go for the virgins on the side. He's like, hey, he's got the hands going. Spoiler alert. The next person out, they have uh, belly dancers. Definitely not virgins. Mm -hmm. Have a guy with the vulture we're gonna see the vulture yeah. much much later and i'm like oh i didn't remember them like tipping their hat on the vulture the vulture makes two appearances bringing the vulture out twice see i wasn't sure if that was a a vulture or if that was a the falcon or a falcon or some different kind of bird but i'm assuming it's the same worm same one yeah we'll see when we yeah. get there instead of vestal virgins now we have gypsies ah, coming out okay so coming uh, after the falcon yeah i think it's badass i love that bird uh, this is what everybody remembers. Oh, yeah. Bobby the Brain Heenan backwards on the camel coming out. Yeah, backwards on the camel in oh. his blue and gold toga. Holding on for dear life. What are your thoughts on this commentating team of Jim Ross, Bobby the Brain, and uh, Macho Man? It showed me how bad Macho Man is. Right. I love Jim Ross because Jim Ross knows the terminology, and I mentioned that a few times in here as we go through the first couple of matches. Like he's got the terminology down. He commentates these, he calls these matches so well. And I think Brain is an awesome counterpart to that because he he will give not only just the heel side, but the cracks that he makes just fit so well. And it just seemed like Macho was kind of on the side of all that. When he would have his banter back and forth with Bobby, it just, it just felt like, Macho's end of it fell flat. So I think they could have easily done Jim and Bobby and been fine. They didn't need Macho. I think you had three guys who didn't have their dance partner with them because mm-hmm. Vince never calls anything. He just tells you the story and tries to promote the match. His, his calling a match is, ooh, what a maneuver. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gave, you know, yeah. And down, in for the ride. You know, just yeah. don't mean anything. Ross play-by-played the whole thing. Like mm. he was a sports yeah. announcer. Like if you were blind, you can listen to WrestleMania nine and know everything that was happening. It uh, made it very easy for me to take notes because I was following his commentary because I know what certain moves are called and everything like that. And I try and write them down so I know where I am in my notes, but it made it so much easier to write my notes down while I'm watching these matches, listening to Jim Ross. You got the heel comedy guy with no straight man setting them up. So you didn't mm-hmm. have Gorilla setting up Bobby and, yeah. you know, telling him to be quiet. And you had nobody there, which I guess was supposed to be Savage's job, to tell the story of why anything was happening. Because mm. you had, you know, Jim is just plain vanilla telling you what's happening in the ring, but he's not contributing anything to the, you know, the story that happened before. I don't know if yeah. he doesn't know it because he wasn't there or it's like, that's not my job. My job is just to call the action. So he's calling the action. Bobby's trying to make jokes and Macho serves zero purpose besides being like a hype man. Yeah, he he was supposed to be, I think, the counterpart to Bobby, mm-hmm. you know, just being the, the baby face kind of color guy, whereas Bobby's the the heel color guy. But it just didn't, it, it, they don't mix well. Yeah, two of them. it's like we had three people that 
were half of everything you needed. Yeah. Plus they were just in a few, they don't <laughs> reference that at all. <laughs> you know, Bobby with, the, with flair and, and perfect against what was it? Macho. It mm -hmm. was supposed to be ultimate warrior. That was, that was a whole thing. Not too long ago. That was what survivor series. Yeah. So less than six months. Oh, good brother. Yeah. We forget about that. We go straight to a first match and from nowhere, and there's no one to explain it. Luna for Sean comes out with Sean Michaels. Yeah. They say it at the very beginning. They, they're like, who is that? And Bobby's like, I'll tell you who that is. That's Luna Vashon. So it, I think this is her first appearance. Luna's a character you probably want to set up. Yeah. Bring her out at WrestleMania with veins painted onto her half shaven face, totally spiked up. If I'm a person in the crowd that had no idea who Luna Vachon was, I, and we're not listening to the commentary being in the crowd, I'd be like, who is this? <laughs> right. Know, why is she there? Yeah. The people in the crowd would have no idea what's going on. Also, yeah. Shawn Michaels, the sexy boy. Mm -hmm. Not taking anything away from Luna Vachon, because if you chopped off her head right now, she looks stunning. But yeah, her entire gimmick is she's like this crazy monster from like Conan the Barbarian's planet. Yeah. <laughs> she's like straight yeah. from Thunderdome. She walks yeah, like she had, Bride of she Frankenstein. Tina Turner. Right? She Tina Turner will get her along really well. Yeah. Is this somebody gotcha. that like Shawn Michaels is going to go after? I don't know because I didn't watch during this time. But did she hang around with him after this? I believe a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't remember there ever being a Luna Vachon, like Shawn Michaels, ever relationship, like managerial, whatever you want to call it, for any length of time other than what I saw here at WrestleMania. So I'll have to kind of watch as we go, go along. Maybe they're, I'm assuming based on the outcome of this match that they are extending this feud, you know, because the, the, how it ends. So, but we'll get there. Right. Bones not wearing his jacket anymore. He's got yeah. uh, sleeves and a bunch of jewelry hanging from his collar. Yeah, it's like early 90s sort of S&M black and chains kind of look going on here. And Luna is complimenting that as well. Yeah, they're kind of punk. Yeah, both of them. It's, it's the steampunk Shawn Michaels look. Well, apocalyptic <laughs> Shawn yeah. Michaels. Comes to Tonka running with a tomahawk. Yeah, ready to scalp his opponents. Yes. Let's just yep. throw that on the list of shit that would never fly yep. today. Out comes Sherry Martell. Yeah. So she follows him down. And at first it doesn't like, cause he runs down and he's all hype and everything running straight to the ring, coming to do his war dance. Whereas Sherry's just kind of walking down the aisle, very reserved. Yes. Like I didn't even think she was with Tatanka at first. Like she was just coming down to the ring because they made mention that she might be here, but it wasn't like the Royal Rumble where it was like, Sherry's coming back. Sherry's coming back. Whose corner is she going to be in? Right. Like it wasn't anything like that. It was just like, well, Sherry might be at WrestleMania. So she comes walking and I'm just like, oh, she's just going to stand at ringside. But no, she goes right to Tatanka's corner and she's up there right with him. I was like, well, I guess she doesn't run down with him. Yeah. I think she's more it, there against Shawn Michaels than with Tatanka. Yeah. And what happens after this is probably the best match, period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was this. And I would say the match after this were the two best matches. And I haven't seen like the last ending, but I kind of, from what I remember, I will say these were the best. The finishes of 
at least this one left a lot to be desired. But the overall matches, lots of lots of really good stuff. Lots of good back and forths here. Some really, really cool, innovative for the time move. There was one where Sean did a sunset flip off the top rope. Yes. It, it, it didn't look like it landed right, but I was just like, that's a pretty darn cool move. And it looks like Shawn Michaels had his idols and was trying to plus up their moves because he does like the mm -hmm. flare flop gets clotheslined off the top rope thing but he yeah. adds to it like he flips his entire body somersaults over the turnbuckle like you get thrown in the turnbuckle s over tea kettle then over the top yeah. rope to get to get nailed so he's like i, I can take these classic spots that i see my heroes do and i bet i can mm -hmm. add something better yeah make something a little bit more his style but also you know just update it and you know sean's not the tallest guy in the world and tataka looks like he's about the same height but he's so much more muscular and he's so much more mobile i'm surprised that tataka maybe he's just saddled with this you know native american gimmick and there's so just so much you can do with it but mm -hmm. the way he wrestles the way he kicks out of moves the way he uh you know he keeps up with sean it's not like sean bounces around yeah. with for him because He's the ultimate warrior and only knows two moves. Like Chris Chavez actually wrestles very well in this match. And yeah. I'm surprised that Vince is like, hey, why don't we do some more with this guy? That's not big enough. Maybe he just didn't have the appeal. Maybe he got crushed, you know, crushed. Mm -hmm. Seemed to be a guy Vince would like. This is a match that I would love to hear like a commentary by like Sean and Chris. You know, if they did like an overdub of just the psychology of this match, because I did not remember this match at all. Mm -hmm. And just watching, I was like, wait a minute, this is pretty damn good. Like this particular match, it might've been a, a little bit on the long side, but it was a great way to start it. Like I would say this match, maybe a little bit later mm -hmm. in the, in the card might've been like, all right, this is a little bit long because you start to get sort of that, you know, wrestling fatigue yes. going on. But right at the very beginning, this was the perfect place to put this match, especially since it's a title match. You, you get the crowd right into it. And these, both these guys like went hard for this. I was extremely impressed. I agree that it seems a little long. I, I had the exact same reaction. It was about, you know, three quarters in. I'm like, this is a long match. It wasn't a slow match and it wasn't a boring match. It just yeah. kept on going. It's like listening to yeah. something really good, but you're like, wow, this I've been, I've been here a while. There were a couple of longer rest holds in there. I think uh, Tonka went for a few too many arm bars, but that, you know, you get past that and, and I was happy with it. There's one really good move where Tonka comes off the top rope and he gives him the chop. And of course, Sean's playing it with his cartoon, cartoony, like, you know, selling on that. But then he goes up again and goes for the chop and Sean delivers like the crescent kick mm -hmm. at the same time. I was like, that's cool. Yes. I, was, I thought that was, that was a killer move right there. The other match I thought went too long was the uh, Shrinker match. Mm -hmm. And it's four minutes shorter, but I thought it was much more boring. Yeah. So uh, this is four minutes longer. I felt like it was much more entertaining. I like how Sean cheats and everybody boos <laughs> him, but the exact same move will be done by Hulk Hogan and everybody cheers it. Oh, yeah. It's like of course. the thumb to the eye and everybody, oh, it's how yeah, despicable. Yeah. And then Hogan <laughs> will do the same thing later Hogan on. The show. Hogan. At one point, they're going through a rest. And, and Sean's like looking for where the ref is and he's just making this very, just completely obvious reach for Tatanka's hair, but he's looking at the ref to see yes. if the ref notices, but he can clearly like, even if I was at the angle that the ref was at, you would totally notice that Sean's like bringing his hand around to try to reach for Tatanka's hair. 
It was very comical. Second when he does like comebacks, he actually wrestles to come back. He like does, uh, he starts focusing on uh, Michael's arm. It's not mm-hmm. like he just powers up and just does a bunch of power moves that don't mean anything. Like they're actually trying to tell a decent story here. And it looks like Sean's calling the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He to be the one that's saying, you know, you can kind of tell now I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I think Sean definitely led this match. You can see where he's he's really starting to come into his own where he's just like, all right, Sean's like, Sean is the future of the business. And I think Vince really starts to see that. Here's a question I have. There's a point in here where one of the rest moves is a reverse chin lock, which is literally just like, you know, putting your arm around your opponent's head and cooling it. And they always call it a reverse chin lock. So what is an actual chin lock? Is that from the front? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying the to way you're grabbing out. it or the way the chin is being grabbed. I don't know. Exactly. I, I, cause now that we've got Jim Ross on commentary and he's calling this with the actual maneuvers and he calls it a reverse chin lock. And I'm just like, wait a minute. I, I've never heard them call it a chin lock. I've always heard it called a reverse chin lock. So that was just a question I had. A little bit of storytelling. They got the. Shawn Michaels dumping Tatanka out so we can have some time focusing on the ladies kind of catfighting mm-hmm. and stay away from Tatanka. Muna Bashan yeah. just like trying to uh, be creepy. It's weird because I would have thought like she's supposed to be portrayed as this sort of animalistic type woman, but she is petrified of Sherry. Sherry just comes around and she'll be like, stay back. And like Vashon like just cowers behind the, the ring at those points it's just like well you're not setting yourself up to be like this menacing like i will kill you type person right they by do, doing that they do that off screen which is very yeah. weird you hear all about that from the commentators after the match like oh sherry's been brutalized by luna mm-hmm. we don't have a camera back there you didn't see it no you don't see anything there's no replay of it not there's no replays in this entire show Did you notice that? I didn't notice that, but I do remember them saying that. I want to see a replay of that. And Richard Ross is like, you're not going to. You're not going to see any replays. Yeah, there's no, like, even after the match is over, they don't show, like, replays of the final moves or anything like that. I was, I wonder why that was. I don't know. Do you think the production truck couldn't do that? I don't know. It just seemed very, very strange. Whatever. That's very interesting. Tatanka's got to get a new set of tights, man, because he's showing too much at Tatanka Badanka Dunk. I think he's wearing Sid's old Sid Justice shit. Yeah. I don't know, but it rides up and luckily he's got that like little thing over his butt. Otherwise he'd be giving a show for the ladies. It's flying through 25 minutes in, five minutes, mm-hmm. 23 seconds. Tatanka drops Michael's, Shawn Michaels was on his shoulders, which is really awkward to get there. I don't know what Shawn yeah. was trying to accomplish to get there. It was just get me on your shoulders because it doesn't make a whole lot of story sense of why he'd be mm-hmm. on his shoulders to begin with. But he takes yeah. a drop and you could just see Shawn's head bounce off the mat. Yeah, I, I did have that in my notes is he was doing some kind of kind of move and the way that Sean fell didn't look too too fun for him. They take some time before they do anything else. It's kind of like, you good? Right? <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. Some of the banter, I, I have to just comment on some of Bobby's banter in here because, you know, Bobby is great. But he's talking about like how Luna's a nice person and pretty and everything. Yes. And, and Luna is something. And, and they go, what is she? Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was one. <laughs> And the other one is, uh, is she from Oklahoma? And Bobby's like, no, she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I was like, that, that's awesome. I love the Bobby commentary. Tataka hulks up. He does his uh, little war dance. Yes, he gets the power of the little braves. Power, yes. Get some cartoony, I take a shot, chop, and uh, Michaels will do a 360. Yes. I've already done the bit where Tataka goes over the top rope and Shawn Michaels super kicks him. Mm -hmm. So I was really surprised that he just did a uh, foot again and he gets cross-bodied and they go right into the pin and he kicks out. It's kind of like WrestleMania 3 where we're going to have a bunch of false finishes coming from the Savage and, and the Dragon. Now we're going to have yeah, a ton of false finishes in this match. Yeah. Which is uh, not often done. Well, as I said, you know, they, they they really wanted to start off with a bang with two guys that could go, and uh, I thought they, they delivered. Now that we're here, the ending of this match was awful and confusing. Yes. Because we get to a point where the Sean is outside of the ring, and he pulls the ref out and gets back in the ring and ends up in the papoose to go. So Tatanka is covering him, and the ref comes back in and taps Tatanka on the shoulder saying, no, the match has been canceled. And I'm thinking, okay, he's disqualifying right. Sean. But that's not the call. The call is the ref calls for the a count out of Sean, which makes no sense because there was no count of 10. Here's a couple of things that made this super awkward to watch. The ref gets pulled out by Sean. Sean gets back in the ring. Tatanka puts his finisher on him. The ref gets back in the ring and then goes to pretend to count three, but instead taps Tatanka on the shoulder. And then the Fink announced that it's a count out. And yeah, that was not a count out. No, would have made actually more sense if time had expired and the ref went to go count and they stopped the match because, you know, 20 minutes yeah. was up or some such shit. 15 minute count. Yeah, but they, whatever it was. It was just awkward because it looks like the ref's going to count the pin. Then he does it. There's a count out, but the dude's in the ring. So when was mm -hmm. the count out? The ref was actually manhandled, which would be a disqualification. That would be the disqualification. That would have made more sense. So the only thing I could think of is Fink said count out instead of DQ. Yeah. Where it, it was just the Finkus Maximus not doing his job correctly. Because, you know, I'm going to go back and see if at any point the ref was counting. Shawn Michaels wasn't out of the ring that very long. There. All right. So, yeah, he's counting. I see what he did. So, okay. Tatanka and Sean are outside of the ring. And the only way you can see this is if they're in the arena because the cameraman is cutting off the ref's hands. Gotcha. So, Tatanka and Sean are outside of the ring. The ref is counting to 10. Tatanka gets back in at around eight. He's okay. about to count 10. And Sean grabs the ref and throws and pushes him out of the ring so he can't get uh -oh. the 10 count. I didn't see any of that. Nobody's seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to go and rewind it, and you can't see the ref's hands because they're cut off. Yeah. But if you're in the arena, you might have been able to see the ref's about to count 10. Instead of getting counted out, Sean pulls the ref out, and mm -hmm. the ref counts it as a count out anyway. Yeah. Sean's lying there dead. Jerry is clapping for Tatanka. Yeah, and that was the other thing that got me because it didn't seem like Tatanka was like upset. Like, okay, I won, but I don't get the damn belt because he's in the ring, you know, celebrating and doing his chops to the crowd and everything. Sherry's out there clapping for him like, hey, you won, you won. But he, I mean, technically he did, but yeah. the whole point was to, to, to get a belt. Yeah, I never believed <laughs> that the guy walking away with the belt lost mm -hmm. even if like, oh the good guy he didn't lose he won the match but that's not why we're here we're, we're here to watch him win the title yeah and he didn't so sean's leaving 
the winner, even though he yeah. lost. Like, I never bought into, well, he won the match, so uh, Tatanka is still undefeated. And that's the thing. I think that's what they're doing because they they can now continue this. And I wonder if they will because, you know, they can continue the saga of Tatanka is undefeated, but still keep a belt on Sean because Sean's so damn good. Sean leaves with the belt. Tatanka gets his music playing. Luna Bashan yeah. goes absolute rip shit on yeah. Sensational Sherry. It's yeah, this the, is the point where this is what I would have wanted to see from Luna for the entire match. Yeah. Instead of her cowering in the corner. Yeah, you know what? Hey, Vince, I got an idea. Instead of Undertaker, John Gonzalez, because we know this is going to be a <laughs> train wreck. Let's get Sensational Sherry and Louis Sean in the ring. That would have been a match I'd want to see. Yeah. I wonder if this ever happens because Sherry gets beat down. Tataka takes her to the back. And then you hear that. She has been further attacked by Luna backstage. Mm-hmm. She will, you'll not see, but you'll hear about it. She's, I'm looking, I'm looking it up. You're looking up uh, Leon versus Sensational Sherry. Luna versus Sherry. Yes, it does happen. Nice. July 31st, 1993. There we go. So yes, it should, it should happen. This is on Superstars too. So we, oh, might, see this. we uh, might see this. We might see Sherry Luna as the name name. Yeah. All right. I look forward to that. If we actually do get to see that match. Nice. Mean Gene is with some dude who doesn't look a goddamn thing like Caesar. <laughs> There's a statue that looks like Socrates, mm-hmm. who he's calling Caesar, who I don't ever remember having like a full beard or uh, his head shaved like a monk. No. So we'll call him Caesar. Yeah. We've got Gene in the red, gold, and black, and he is setting up our next match. And he has an interview with the Steiner brothers. And I just have in large, bold letters, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Because Scott still has trouble with words. He does. He just, (laughs) he's not a public speaker. He's big papa pump. Yeah. He's a genetic freak. He's not an oratory master. Yeah. They should have, they should have given these guys a mouthpiece. They should have given them a manager of some type. Yeah. You know. That could have talked for them. And I think that that might have helped. It's typical fashion when we uh, dispute things along. The head shrinkers are already in the ring. Mm-hmm. They had their entrance while Mean Gene was talking to the Steiners. Yeah. Got some new WrestleMania garb. Check out the new gear. I'm in there. I don't remember the, the red shirts on these these guys. Nope. They're wearing Militian's old tops. Yes. And and red skirts there because the tops are. I think those literally are. I don't think that's even a joke. It's the 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 black leather straps with the silver rings on them. I was just like, demolition totally wore those. Mm-hmm. I remember those. They have a huge lightboard trunk, which is mm-hmm. much much bigger than the uh, superstars. It is also not made up of many little televisions. It is a a gigantic thirty by thirty. And it's in a couple places. I think they have two of them. I know there's one behind the Caesars Palace entrance ramp. And I think I see one on the other side. But uh, yep, there. Oh, no. This is just, yeah. It's just a reverse shot. It's the same one. Oh, okay. Uh, come the Steiners to um, the marching band. Yes. The worst. Yeah. The Michigan fight song, as I guess it's supposed to be. Yeah. And they, they come out to their, they've got their rockers singlets on. Coming down and they get into the ring and the head shrinkers are there and they do their ritual father son holy ghost yeah they're catholic head shrinkers <laughs> catholic head shrinkers they do it a couple times 
in this. It's just like, I wonder, you know, that's that's not a real thing. Like, did they, they did they want to have like some kind of signal? And that's like the only thing they knew. Every Catholic in the audience is like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, their kids did the whole like, you know, dance before. Mm. The one that's in the Fast and the Furious movie, too. <laughs> like the, the actual uh, no, Samoan tribal dance. Mm-hmm. You know, makes me sound like a complete moron, but they actually have like a, a ritual that they performed. This is not it. This is this, no. This, this is this is not it. This is very they much. There, they widen their legs and then they they praise the, the Trinity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what they're doing. Something mega scary in this one. Where I swear there's a couple of scary spots in this one, and it looked deadly. And I don't know how if you're if it's what I think you're thinking of. I don't know how Scott Steiner survived. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm thinking. It's uh, yeah. So Rick and I didn't see the whole thing because I was writing my notes down, and I just look up at the very last minute. So I'm not quite sure. I gotta watch it again on how they got into this move. But something happened where Rick went off of one of the head shrinkers' shoulders over the top rope backwards and i don't know how he didn't land on his head what i'm thinking about is 40 minutes and five seconds in okay it's an irish whip for uh samu who reverses it grabs scott Mm -hmm. steiner and dumps him over the top rope but it looks like he just fell like this was none of this was actually supposed to happen maybe he's gonna hang him over the you know hang him over the top rope and bounce him off the top rope but scott goes completely over and uh, dies fatality I don't know how he lived through this. That looked deadly. How old school is Afa? Because the guy obviously botched this thing. He flies over the top rope. He's holding his head. And Afa's like, got to just continue the story. He starts hitting yeah. him with the fucking kendo stick. Yeah, he hits him with the kendo stick after that. I think what was meant to happen was one of those like slingshots mm-hmm. where he picks him up. He, I think it's Samu who had him, picks him up. And kind of drops him back. So he hits the top rope and like bounces back yes. in. I think that's what was supposed to happen. But he takes a couple of steps back. So when he falls back, he's literally over yeah. the top rope. And that's when he falls all the way out. And that, oh my God, I'm surprised he didn't die. You still seeing that dude about your nerves and shit, huh? Yeah, I got the cast up last week. Scott Steiner just ended up being a lot heavier and bigger than he thought he was. Because mm-hmm. it looks like Samu just can't handle the weight. And dumps him over the top rope to the floor that was brutal that's after they're doing like this who's tougher thing the samoans hard head or scott steiner and they're actually like trading chops and stuff with fatu and uh i guess the better it's kind of like uh weird in this match where the indestructibility of this head shrieker's heads is dependent on who's doing what like if there's a move where rikishi goes off the top rope and misses a headbutt and is hurt mm-hmm. and then there's also a move where one of the steiners knocks their heads together but they're like we're samoan our heads are indestructible what, what were you thinking yeah so if it's a headbutt against it's, two it's, samoans it's okay if your head hits something else then it's vulnerable it's just dependent on the story yeah. if it fits with the story dumb that's what it works how did you hurt your head you're samoan no my head's only indestructible if it's in contact with a similar samoan yes okay <laughs> sure sure we get the the usual baby face gets beaten down in this case it is scott steiner that's getting beat down for quite a while i actually thought this is where the the match got a little bit lengthy for me and just the beat down of scott steiner until 
We finally get the hot tag to bring in Rick and he takes care of business for a little while. But the head shrinker, not for very long, but the head shrinkers take over and deliver the Russian leg sweep, which I, I love that movie. Yes, it's the best. Yeah. 43 minutes, 34 seconds. Scott Steiner drags Fatu's head into the mat and Fatu pops back up like his indestructible. But mm. when he missed a headbutt, his head was her. We need headbutt continuity here. Yeah. Storyline, storyline. Stick with the storyline. That's all it is. I just want to know if their heads are indestructible or not. <laughs> they have to wear Brutus's protective mask and then they will be super powered. Yes. They can, they can drive an Abrams tank over him and fire a shell and he'll he'll survive it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Scary spot number two, the delivery of the Frankensteiner. Yes, this, which uh, is the match, which I was actually yeah. surprised. I thought they would go with something a little bit tag teamy, but that ends up being just the hero of the match. He gets to end it. Uh, you know, the more I think about it, the Frankensteiner is not a very devastating move. It's really just an upside down rollover. Yes. Like he's not, the the person that is receiving the Frankensteiner is not hitting anything really, really hard. He's just being rolled over by Scott Steiner's legs. Yes. I think it was just a double somersault of it. It just looked cool. Yeah, it looks cool. If I was looking at these, you know, through the lens of trying to make them look realistic, if I'm taking that move, it might disorient me (laughs) for a little bit, but I don't think it would render me unconscious. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of moves like that. Where This is like the time where, is it really a finisher? Like the uh, shoulder breaker or the side suplex, which we did not Mm -hmm. get tonight. Mm -hmm. Like that's your finisher? Okay. You know, like the finisher is just the last move. Frankensteiner at least looked like something we're used to it. Like we've had 30 years of flippy floppy guys. Yeah. To see a dude do a, a Herakarana is always a Frankensteiner to me because this is the only guy yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. that did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just really, really cool. It's, it's like nothing you ever saw before. So I bought it as a finisher just because of the flippy floppy of it when no one was flippy mm. floppy. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is Dom from Saturday Morning Superstars. In the editing day, Than and I had recorded this to be a two-parter, but uh, WrestleMania 9 is too much action. Too much. We talked for a long time about this. And uh, we're going to stop it right here at almost a 50-minute mark, and we will make this a three-parter. We'll continue on with Doink the Clown and the first of two main events next time. So sayonara Undertaker, and as Than would say, Shawn Michaels has left the building.